Wow, what a weekend. I know I'm not gonna be the same. You gonna be the same? I don't think so. Um, before we get into the word, I, I just really, this year, I've had two words that have been my mantra for the year, and one of them is the word supernatural. I wanna be a supernatural girl. I want miracles to just happen. When we pray for people, I wanna see the sick get better. I wanna be able to lay hands on somebody and pray and see them get a baby. So that's been my word. But the other word that has just been kind of my, I feel like it's a drum I'm beating against our culture and the landscape of our culture, and that is honor. I wanna be an honoring woman. I wanna honor my husband. I wanna honor my church. I wanna honor my pastors. I wanna honor my friends. I wanna honor my kids. And I just, it's just been this drum that I've been beating. And I just, I want you to know that some really incredibly amazing men and women sacrificed a lot so that we could experience Jesus this weekend. I'm thinking about Marty. It is such a thankless job to make food, right? I mean, we gobble it up in like 10 minutes. She spends 20 hours making it. It's gone in 10 minutes. Marty, I love doing life with you. She makes food for citizens every single Wednesday night. She does this. This It was amazing. It was so delicious. We have paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for food and never had food that was so delicious and efficient. You are an absolute delight. I love you, Marty. I am thankful that you are in my life. I don't know if the beautiful, fabulous Leah Hill, are you still in here, beautiful, fabulous Leah? She's not even in here to honor. She has a little tiny baby, but her and Pastor Brenda were the architects of this visual feast that's before you. Isn't it beautiful? I love, come on, it's okay to love beauty. I love people who have the gift of making life beautiful. Our God is a creator and he paints such a beautiful, beautiful world. And the table hosts, I mean, have, I mean, come on girls, look at your tables. There's gifts, there's roses, there's journals. Your table hosts are spectacular. I love, I love Flourish. I love our women. This is amazing. And I have to, I have to end by thanking one guy and I don't even know if he's still in here. He's probably gone. He's somewhere. But I've got to tell you, you guys, as Matt Ely says, my husband is a dreamboat. He's a literal dreamboat. These mountains, he designed them. He built them. He had my boys help paint them because I'm like, I need mountains. <laughs> I got to have mountains for mountains move. He built these light fixtures along with Phil. He's up here playing the piano. Like, I love having a husband who's strong, who leads me, but who also breathes on who I am and believes in me. So I am so thankful. I don't know where you are, baby, but are you up there? I love you, baby. I love you. Okay, so. I would like to change a Taylor Swift quote. She says, shakers are gonna shake, 
She says haters are gonna hate. I would like to propose that movers are gonna move. And I think we need to reinvent this song. And today I wanna talk to you about how movers are gonna move. I am a Portland girl through and through but I'm not. So when I was in college, I would go to shows. I'd love to go to shows. And I'd go to shows with my friends. Back in those days, we wore a lot of flannel. We're still wearing a lot of flannel. And I would be there and I would be watching the band. And back then I wasn't married. So I'd be like, whoo, that guitar player is cute. Look at that drummer. And I'd look around and I'd see my other Portland friends and they'd be listening to the music and they'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do that. So the music would start and I'd put my hand in my pocket and I'd be like, yeah, I'm feeling this. This is good. Woo! Feel it to my soul. And then all of a sudden, right? And then I'm like, and then by the end of it, right, I'm all like, you know, I can't dance because I went to a private school that doesn't have dances. And I would be, I would be that crazy, like midlife crisising woman at 18 in the middle of the show, just being like, and people would be like, are you high? No. Are you drunk? No. I just love music. Why? Because the movers got to move, right? I would be the only person in the place moving. Why? Because there's something inside me when music plays, I can't stand still. If you see me worshiping, you probably think I'm insane. I'm not insane. I'm just one of those people when I think of the beautiful name of Jesus, how can I stand there and be like, what a beautiful name. It no. What a be and death has no rival. Come on now. Death has no rival. Death has no equal. He silences the voice of sin and the grave. The heavens are roaring. The praise of his glory. Ladies, I'm saying when I hear that, this mover's got to move. So don't think I'm crazy. I do it everywhere I go. Like actually, if you go grocery shopping with me or to Target and I hear a song that's really good, I'll be at the checkout line. And sometimes citizens run errands with me and I'll be at the checkout line and I'll be like, and they'll be like, stop, you're embarrassing us. And I'm like, a mover's gotta move. So today, ladies, I believe that my crazy spastic worship dancing in line at Target anointing is going to be metaphorically imparted to us this morning. And I believe that there is gonna be a spirit of move on us like never before. So Jesus, right now, you have a word you wanna speak to women's hearts. You have a word you wanna deliver. And God, I'm asking that as I get out of the way, you would just deliver that word and God, there would be a grace on us as flourish women to move, to move mountains. And not just for ourselves, God, but there's some mountains that have to get out of the way for our communities. There's some mountains that have to get out of the way for our children. There's some mountains that have to get out of the way for our marriages. There's some mountains that have to get out of the way for our world. And so God, I pray that a mover anointing, a mover grace would fall on us right now. 
If you want to, you can turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 41. It's gonna be on the back screen there behind me, but I'm gonna read you a couple verses and then we're gonna talk about them. Is that okay? Isaiah's like, I get it. He's what the, we call a prophet and his work can get a little churchery, can get a little poetic, but I think sometimes poetry is really beautiful and sometimes poetry says something that just straight up teaching or a story can't. And I believe there's something in this for us today. It says this, starting in verse eight, but you, Israel, and in the Old Testament, Israel, the church is called Israel, so we can put our names in there. But you, flourish ladies, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, friend, of God. Are you catching this? <laughs> Chosen, friend of God, my servant. Guys, we have connection. We're the servant of the master of the creator of the universe. We are friends of God. Do we totally grasp the implications of that? Do we? Imagine doors that get opened when you're a friend of somebody really important. If President Obama had been my best friend, do you know my life would have probably been pretty awesome? I would have probably got invited to a lot of really great parties. Guys, we have position. We have access to the creator of the universe. I brought you from the ends of the earth. Think about where God's brought you from. Think about where you've been. Think about all the places you've gone in life, mistakes you've made, holes you've been in, pits you've been in, dark times, clouds, circumstances. God brought you from those distant places here. And I called you from its furthest corners. We can't get away from God. We can't escape God. He brings us from the furthest reaches of the earth and draws us into his love. I said to you, flourish ladies, you are my servant. I have chosen you. I haven't rejected you. See, there's, there's three characteristics of a mountain mover. And the first characteristic of a mountain mover is they are chosen. See, already God understands you're going to resist that word because a lot of circumstances in life have told us the opposite. So he says, you are chosen. I have not rejected you. Husbands may have rejected you. Boyfriends may have rejected you. Children may have rejected you. 
Your employer may have rejected you. Your friends may have rejected you. Am I talking to somebody? Your father may have rejected you. Your mother may have rejected you. But can I tell you who has never once rejected you? His name is Jesus Christ. And what he says over you, mountain movers, what he says over you, movers, is you are not rejected. You are chosen. You are called. He loved you so much. He called you so much that he went searching in the furthest corners of the universe. He went searching in the deepest places, the deepest sin, the deepest hurt, the deepest pain. And he pulled us out and he brought us to a place where he can speak out over our lives. I have chosen you. But do you know what is so hard? It is so hard, ladies, to believe that in a world that is constantly rejecting us. I always say this and then I'm like, why do I say this? Because I'm always real. I always say, I'm gonna be real with you, but I'm always real, I'm never not real. I always wish that God could make me that proper person who doesn't just say it like it is, but uh, you know, if we're not being honest, what are we doing anyways, right? So let's get real for a minute. I was a PK. Church people are often not nice. I grew up with this thread of rejection just going through my life. Sometimes people are like, you have awesome parents, you don't get rejection. I'm like, I get rejection. When you're a PK, when you're a pastor, sometimes your rejection is daily. (laughs) And I remember being this eight-year-old girl walking into the doors of this church that my dad had just inherited because some crazy stuff had gone down, but nobody knew crazy stuff had gone down. And adults looking at me and telling me, we don't want you here. And in that moment, my heart started this narrative of rejection going through it. And you know, with everything, you know, my best friend in junior high not being able to be friends with me anymore because her parents weren't going to the church, but it just started feeding this lie, because it's a lie, that I was rejected. And then what I started realizing I would do is I would actually just assume people were going to reject me. And if I ever sniffed any rejection at all, I would reject first. Anybody ever been there? Rejecting first is such a great escape mechanism, right? But you know what rejecting first sometimes does? It sometimes cuts off friendship that wasn't ever going to get cut off. And now here's the real part. So now I've transitioned from being a PK to I'm a pastor. And before, I could always be like, I'm getting rejected because someone else. But now, I get the wonderful privilege of having conversations with people and them look at me and say, hey, we love you. You're awesome, but we're gonna leave. You aren't wanted. You aren't 
enough. If you were a guy pastor, they wouldn't leave. If you weren't so outgoing, they would stay. If you preached better, if you looked better, if you smelled better, right? If your kids were more perfect, they would stay. So then they leave. And then what do you do? You get on Instagram and you see post after post about how great their new church is telling you, you suck as a leader. I'm just being real with you guys. Huge old mountain, old mountain, long time mountain, rejection. Just standing there telling me, you're not enough. And in this moment, and in this time, I know that this mover's gotta move. And maybe circumstances have said, you're rejected. Maybe people have rejected me, but there is a God in heaven who I know searched out the deepest places and he found me in my pit and he pulled me out and he set me on solid ground and he is screaming out over my life and he's screaming out over your life. You are chosen. You are chosen. I have not rejected you. And this morning, ladies, I believe we have to adopt this characteristic of a mover. We've got to decide. We've got to say, God, I'm tired of living life thinking I'm rejected. I'm tired of living life suspiciously analyzing all the data coming at me saying rejection, rejection, rejection. It's time to turn off that record. It's time to turn off that channel. It's time for us ladies to turn to a new channel where what we hear is God speaking out over our life. Chosen, chosen. And you know what is so beautiful about God? It doesn't matter where you are in your story. If you're in here and you're 16 and you need to make this decision, whoa. The miles ahead you're gonna be in life if right now in this moment you can say, I'm gonna live chosen. But it is never too late to switch the channel. It is never too late to stop listening to the lies of the enemy. It is never too late to switch narratives. And ladies, I believe that in this moment, God wants to speak out over you, chosen. He's enough. I just started thinking about it. He's enough. He got us to this room. When I think of the places I've been, when I think of the places you've been and I get that I'm here right now, how can I not get that I'm chosen? How can I not get that I'm loved? How can you not get that you're chosen, that you're loved? I think of the places that, man, it blows me away. I think of the situations I got myself into. I should have died. I used to race my car. There was one time I was on getting onto 217 and 26. If you live around here, my car is just 
spinning. I had been driving so fast, racing people in my class. And I just think how stupid, how reckless I was. And in God's sovereignty, he got me here. I have a beautiful husband. I have a dream boat of a husband. My boys are God's best gift to me. I get to do this for a living. (laughs) I'm chosen. And ladies, if I could reach into your hearts and if I could churn the dial and if I could silence that stupid, stupid song of rejection over your life, I would. But this is what I know only, only Jesus can. Jesus, I'm asking in this moment, right here, right now, you would silence, like the song we were singing, you would silence the voice of rejection and that you would scream out. You would whisper in the most winning whisper songs of chosen over your girls today. Thank you, Jesus. Movers are gonna move. Movers are gonna move. Here we go, we keep reading. For I am the Lord your God who holds your right hand, who says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Isn't that good news? He's running to our rescue, he's here to help. He says, do not fear, you worm Jacob. What? You just said I was chosen? Now you're calling me a worm? What's going on, God? I'm not sure what's happening. I will help you. This is the Lord's declaration. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. See, are you ready? This verse is gonna change your life. See, I will make you, flourish ladies, into a sharp threshing board, new, with many teeth. You will thresh mountains and pulverize them and make hills into chaff. So I'm chosen, but you know what else I am? I'm transformed. I'm transformed, I've got worms in here, I'm transformed from a worm into a mountain-eating machine. I'm transformed from the eaten to the eater. And I, I brought somebody to help me. You wanna come help me? Okay. This is, this is J-Bug. So uh, if you're a mom of boys, can I get a holler from all the moms of boys? Yeah. If you're a mom of boys, one of your favorite toys is Transformers. Can I get an amen? You're not, we're not allowed to watch the movies, but we play with the toys. So when I was thinking of what this means to be transformed from a worm to a threshing sledgehammer, I couldn't help but think of, what's this guy's name, buddy? Underhoof, I could not help but think of Underhoof. I actually think he's a bad guy, but he's just so cool looking. But you see how like he, he has these antlers, right? He's this guy. I mean, you're not really sure what the antlers are for, but he's this guy, but then he transforms. Can you transform him for me, buddy? Check this out. 
He transforms and he's this excavator thing that can tackle any obstacle, right? He can push that dirt. He can move that dirt out of the way, right? Thanks, buddy. You are amazing. God wants to transform you and I from lowly worms. You wanna know something about worms? Do you know the reason they only come out in the rain is because their skin is so sensitive and delicate that if they're exposed to the sun, they'll shrivel up and die. Did you know worms do not have teeth? They do this chewy thing and they live on dirt. They eat dirt. You know what that tells me? God prepares us when we're in our season of eating dirt. He's just training us. He's just preparing us. He's just getting us ready for the next thing on the agenda. When you have a little baby, you don't give your little baby a steak, do you? You give them soft food. You start them on soft food. You start them on dirt. And then when they're ready to handle it, you move to the big stuff. Ladies, we're not forgotten. We are not forsaken. And we are not rejected. The reason we've been in this worm stage is because God has been getting us ready to eat the bigger mountains. He's been getting us ready to eat the bigger things. But the problem is if we start eating the mountains before we're ready, they'll kill us. We won't have the teeth to handle it. When the time is right, when the moment is right, God transforms you and I from the eaten to the eater. And I believe that the second characteristic being transformed, it's time to change from lowly worm status. It's time to stop viewing ourselves as insignificant. It's time to stop living buried under the dirt where we feel safe and protected. It's time to come out, transform, get our new set of teeth and become a mountain pulverizing force that this world can't handle. In Luke 8:43, there's this amazing story. There's a lady, 12 years, 12 years, she bleeds constantly. And in the Bible, if you were a person who was on your period, I can say that, there's no boys in here. Well, there's my husband upstairs, but I've said worse. Uh, (laughs) What you would have to do is when you would go in public, you would have to yell out, unclean, unclean, unclean. And everybody would take a wide, wide, wide birth of you because you were unclean. Could you imagine 12 years? This is before all the luxuries we have now in this department. 12 years, she didn't stop bleeding. 12 years of walking through life, yelling out, unclean, unclean. And one day, she makes her way to a huge crowd, unclean lady. Bible doesn't even give her a name. She's just the woman with the issue of blood. She makes her way through the crowd. She pushes in. I see her. I wonder if she had to get down on her knees and push through. She's pushing through. She goes and she finds Jesus. And she touches Jesus. She's instantly healed. Instantly. 
I mean, yeah, there's the amazing fact that she was healed. That's pretty great. But do you know how life-giving, do you know how empowering it would be to go from being a woman who walked around screaming unclean all of the time to being a woman who could hold her head up high and interact in society just like everyone else? It was more than her healing. This was her identity. This was her whole social status. This is a woman who understood in a moment that you can be transformed from a worm into a mountain-eating force that has to be reckoned with. Ladies, I want to be like her. It doesn't matter if you've been facing your mountain for 12 years. It doesn't matter if you've been facing your mountain for 20 years. In this moment, you could say, right here, God, this worm, she's ready. This worm, this lowly girl, this person who struggles, says things she shouldn't say, has big thighs, me, says things I shouldn't say a lot, who struggles with insecurity, this girl right here, in a moment, you've been training me. (laughs) I've eaten a lot of dirt. (laughs) Have you eaten a lot of dirt? You've been training me. You've been preparing me. You've been getting my digestive tract ready to take on the bigger things. The little hills I've been taking on, you've just been getting me ready because right now you want to transform me into a mountain pulverizing machine. Do you want that? Movers are going to move. Are you a mover? Movers are gonna move. Movers aren't gonna stay worms. Movers aren't gonna stay hidden. Movers aren't gonna stay underground. Movers are gonna come up and say, here, I'm a candidate for transformation. I'm tired of walking through life screaming unclean. I want my healing. I want my healing. Uh, this last week, I, I posted something on Instagram, and I love how God works. He, like, he lines everything up in life to get at your heart and to get it transforming you. He doesn't like us to stay the same. He loves us, but he doesn't like us to stay the same. And um, on Sunday, we had Pastor Doug here from Pastor Lisa's church, and he preached just this profound message on how God knit us together in our mom's womb for a very specific reason. And it was one of those moments that I knew God had ordained everything for me to be there right in that moment. And as he was speaking, I just realized I had always wondered why God made me the way he made me. It didn't make sense. I was like, once have I been better to be like this person with these gifts and be, and be a guy? And, you know, it doesn't seem like when I was a kid, there weren't women pastors and there weren't really very many women preachers. And as Pastor Doug was preaching, I felt like God just dropped in my spirit, Jerusha, I prepared you in your mother's womb for this moment in time. And what I knew is that the world would be ready for who you are now, even though you didn't know it then, I knew it then, and I was preparing you for this moment. Ladies, we're not worms. We're mountain-eating, 
machines. We're mountain moving machines. And we were formed and we were prepared to transform and to step into our new grace as mountain movers. Why? Because movers gotta move. That's what they gotta do. Movers can't let the mountain stand between them and what God has called them to any longer. And this is the thing I realized. I'm naming rejection. You know why I'm naming rejection? Because that mountain for too long has kept me and prevented me from doing what God has called me to do in its totality. I don't know what your mountain is, but you got to start naming it. You got to start calling it out. You got to start speaking to your mountain and you could say, hey, I've been practicing on dirt for a while and I'm ready to take you on. I've been transformed. I've been redeemed. Do you know that in Psalm 22, it's a messianic Psalm, which means it's a Psalm that's talking about Jesus. Do you know it says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Sound familiar? Jesus himself prayed this prayer on the cross. And in this Psalm, Jesus refers to himself as a worm. You think you're alone? You think you're forsaken. You think you're forgotten. Our Jesus himself had a moment where he felt like a worm. And then what happened? He was transformed into the original, the ultimate mountain moving machine. Death bows before him. Sin bows before him. He silences every accusation. He silences every rejection that comes at us. He silences every sickness, every addiction, every sin. He silences it. He is the original mountain moving machine. And he calls himself a worm. He started there. Ladies, it's time. It's time to start seeing ourselves like God sees us. It's time to start. I don't want to walk around like a lowly worm anymore. I want to walk around like the mountain moving machine that I am. Step aside mountain. Move out of the way mountain. Sickness, you got to go. Addiction, you got to leave. Negativity, gone. Fear, get out of here, fear. Anxiety, come on movers. We got to move. goes on and it says this, the poor and the needy seek water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. I will answer them. I am the Lord, the God of Israel. I will not abandon them. I will open up rivers on the barren heights and springs in the middle of the plains. I will turn the desert into a pool and a dry land into springs. I will plant cedars. I will plant acacias. I will plant myrtles and olive trees in the wilderness. I will put juniper trees, elms, and cypress trees together in the desert so that all may see and know. Chosen, transformed, refreshed. I love Palm Springs. It's my happy place. Everybody has a happy place. I love Palm Springs. I love going there because Palm Springs is a desert that has green everywhere. There's fountains everywhere. There's waterfalls everywhere. There's 
beautiful homes and there's palm trees. I love palm trees. They're everywhere. And every time I go to Palm Springs, I am reminded that God shows up in desert places. God shows up in dry places. God shows up in desolate places and he refreshes me. I love it. Every time I'm there, I look around and I'm like, God, if you can do this in the desert, imagine what you can do in me. Ladies, you know what's amazing about this? These trees, they're not fruit trees. None of these trees are fruit trees. Do you know what they are? They're shade trees. He's promising us water in the desert. He's promising us rivers on the mountains. He's promising us shade, just shade. This verse starts out and it says, the poor, that means the lowly, the crushed, the burdened, the needy, those who are pliable to life. It's not a good thing. They just go wherever life takes them. He's promising those who are burdened, those who are crushed, those who are just going wherever life is taking them. He's promising refreshing. He's promising shade. Ladies, mountain moving is hard work. After you eat some mountains, kind of sounds gross, doesn't it? Gravel on the teeth, eek. It's like chalkboard, right? Actually, every time I think about it, y'all are like, this is the worst message ever. My teeth just hurt. I need to go to the dentist. But I'm picturing myself doing the hard work of mountain eating, right? I'm transformed. I'm not a worm anymore. I'm learning how to be like the mature mountain eater God's made me to be. I can imagine that's tiring work. That's exhausting work. You know what he's promising us? He's saying, hey, I'm saying you're chosen. I'm transforming you into your new occupation. And just so you know, after you do all those things, you can come hang out with me under my shade trees. You can come get your little water from the babbling brook, right? And you can get refreshed. Isn't that awesome? He thinks of everything. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm a mover. After I do worship, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I need some shade. I need, I need, I'm like, I need to sit down. That's why I thought we did sermons was for, you know, because you work out so hard during worship. You just sit down during the sermon. You get a little breather. And then you come back in for more. No, I'm just kidding. God has chosen you. He wants to transform you but you gotta invite him too. That's the thing. This is the thing that really stinks about this message. It's based on you, not me. I could speak with the most persuasive words, but if you don't wanna change from being a worm into a mountain eater, it's not gonna happen. And mountain moving, it's hard work. It's bite by bite. It's not like, boom, mountain go. It's coming every single morning and saying, that's a lie. Me retracing that conversation, that's a lie. I'm not going there. I'm not accepting that. I'm not going to accept that as rejection. I'm not going to receive that as rejection. I'm going to keep coming at them in love. That's hard work. That's not easy work. We got to want it. And then 
then finally, this is the beautiful thing. He is promising us that as we do the hard work of mountain eating, as we do the hard work of being the movers he's called us to be, he's promising us that he's gonna bring the refreshing we need so that we can get back out there tomorrow and take on maybe the same mountain, maybe another mountain, maybe a mountain for a friend, maybe a mountain for our church, maybe a mountain for our community. But he's promising us the refreshing we need to get back in our machine and get out there and go one more day. If I could get the band to come back out. Just as I was thinking about today and thinking about you ladies and thinking about this weekend, actually. I just started naming some mountains that I believe God wants to move for the Flourish ladies. Obviously, rejection, it's personal. I think God wants to move the mountain of insignificance. Some of you in here feel insignificant. You feel unimportant. You feel like You don't have a seat at the table. God wants to move that mountain. Ah, fear. I hate fear. Fear keeps us from so much of what God has for us. Keeps us from stepping out. Keeps us, do you know fear keeps some of you from speaking or singing or dancing or writing? keeps you from talking to the person at the grocery store, I want to see fear moved out of the way. Anxiety. Just low-grade anxiety. Always there. Always whispering. Tiredness. Weariness. Discouragement. Sickness. I want to see people healed. I want to lay hands on the sick and see them healed. Addiction. Ladies, God wants us free. He wants you free. This is a big mountain feeling like you're an outsider, always looking in on what everybody else has going on. Just pushed out of the way. I think God wants to destroy the mountain of being a victim. Selfishness. Thinking all of life is about us. Rebellion. Some of us in here struggle. We struggle with our husbands. We struggle with leaders. We just, we got this mountain of rebellion that's just there. Anger. I think more women are angry than we would ever let on. It's a secret killer. Just a can't attitude. I can't. I won't. I don't want to. And this one's big. I think it's actually big in our area. I think it's a, a spirit that's here. But the mountain of scarcity. Who I am is not enough. What I have is not enough. It's not good enough. 
I believe God wants to move these mountains out of the way. If you would, would you just stand up? for this moment and I just believe ladies I've along with our team along with amazing prayer warriors like Megan we believe God wanted to encounter us in a really really unusual way this weekend and I I want us as we just go from here I want us to name our mountain and last night we we prayed for women, but I actually believe that every woman who wants prayer, I want a leader to lay hands on you and I want them to pray for you just as we go. I want you to be able to speak your mountain and I want them to agree and say, this mountain has to go in the name of Jesus. And, and here's the thing, you might not be in a space where you're ready to take on your mountain. You might not be in a space where you're ready for the transformation from worm to mountain eater, but some of you in here, you came ready. You came because you're desperate. You came because you're hungry. You came because you're tired of walking through life, screaming out to everyone, unclean, unclean. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to leave without touching the hem of Jesus's garment. I don't wanna leave without saying, here God, this mountain here. Let's attack this mountain together. And so what I'd like to do is uh, they're gonna go into this next song and they're gonna talk about actually the rivers God wants to bring, the refreshing rivers. But as they go into it, I'd actually like, if you want prayer, I'm gonna ask you in a second, just come, come up here and let's stretch out so leaders can get to you. But my Flourish team, I want you to come up and pray. Jenna, come up and pray. My workshop speakers, come up and pray. Megan, where are you at? You come up and pray. Angie, come up and pray. Pastor Lisa, if you wanna come up and pray. And pastoral team, come up and pray. But if you wanna name your mountain, if you want to today say, I'm touching the hem of Jesus's garment, don't leave without prayer. There's power in prayer. God can do something in this moment that changes the rest of our lives. I'm believing, I'm believing the mountain of rejection in my life is not going to block my view anymore. I believe God has given me the grace this weekend. He's opened my eyes to see it in a way I've never seen it before. This is my moment. This is my time. This is your moment. This is your time. Don't leave here without prayer. So as they go into this next song, I wanna invite you, come get prayer. It's not weird. It's not awkward. It's actually awesome to be prayed for. It's like getting a facial, except for there's no weird oil on your face. It's really amazing. So Jesus, right now, we just invite your presence here. Jesus, we invite you to do what only you can do. Make a transformation, God. Change us from 